Hey guys, welcome back to the show. Today we're going to be talking about Bernie Sanders' failed presidential campaign. Why did Bernie lose? Was it media bias, DNC shenanigans, or do people just not want to vote for a socialist? Stay tuned to find out, but first I have a quick message from our sponsor, Simply Safe. With all the uncertainty in the world, feeling safe at home has never been more important. It's why I want to talk to you about Simply Safe Home Security. They're longtime friends of pseudo intellectual and for good reason. Simply Safe has made it easy to finally get comprehensive protection for your home. There's no technician or salesperson that needs to come and disrupt your house. You don't need to pay any outrageous monthly fees or sign a two year contract contract, you just order online, set it up yourself in under an hour, and boom, your home is protected 24-7 with emergency dispatch for break-ins, fire, and more, all for just 50 cents a day. And we're not the only fans of Simply Safe. US News and World Report named Simply Safe the best overall home security of 2020. So right now, when you head to simplysafe.com slash Lauren, my listeners will get free shipping and a 60-day risk-free trial. That's simplysafe.com slash Lauren, spelled S. S-I-M-P-L-I-S-A-F-E dot com slash Lauren to make sure they know that our show sent you. So from Simply Safe and all of us here, we are wishing you safety and good health. So this past week, Bernie Sanders did suspend his presidential campaign and predictably, his supporters were very upset by this. Now, if you know anything about me, it should come as no surprise that I am actually not a fan of Bernie Sanders. I don't like his policies. I don't like his ideology in general. But even though I am not into Bernie Sanders, I still think that as adults, essentially all of us know what it's like when elections don't go the way we want them to. Canada and the UK have both recently had elections, and a lot of people I know were either delighted with the UK results or heartbroken by the Canadian results, and that's just how politics work. You win some, you lose some. So if you're watching this and you are a Bernie Sanders supporter, I'm sorry that you're disappointed right now. And even though your candidate didn't win, I hope that in the next few years, most people will be in a better position than they are now and you'll be pleasantly surprised by the direction the country is going under the Trump administration. Seriously though, watching this whole thing unfold, what's been interesting is the narrative that some Sanders supporters are pushing that the reason why Bernie lost is because the media and DNC didn't like him, full stop. On social media, we've seen so many Bernie supporters lamenting that if it weren't for the dang DNC and those dirty journalists, then America would fully be ready for President Sanders. As the user Burn Trooper posted, there is nothing special about Bernie's defeat. It wasn't about woke politics or that Americans are moderate or that black conservative voters somehow matter more than young Latinos. It wasn't about toxic Bernie bros. The single most important reason was the mainstream media. And similarly, user Bernie's meow concurred that if you're going to yell about injustice, aim the anger where it solely belongs, at the feet of the DNC. We could have had a president that would have affected serious foreign policy change, among other things. I am not here to defend the media or the DNC, because just as I am not a Bernie Sanders fan, I am also no fan of the media or the DNC. And don't get me wrong, the media is biased against Bernie. We saw that on full display with the Warren hot mic situation and all the op-eds that followed about how Bernie was supposedly a sexist, among other things. And yeah, obviously the DNC did not want Bernie as their nominee. Bernie 
he's not even a Democrat. He's an independent. And I do think that candidates like Buttigieg, Warren, and Klobuchar stayed in the race longer than they should have simply to hurt Bernie at the behest of the DNC. I'm not denying that the DNC and the media hurt Bernie's campaign because they absolutely did. However, I feel like in their rush to condemn the DNC and the media, so many Bernie supporters are kind of kidding themselves into thinking that those were the only reasons why Bernie lost, because they weren't. So what I want to do here is talk about some of the other shortcomings of the Bernie Sanders campaign. Not, not to rub it in the faces of the Bernie supporters, but just to explain to them that no, your political positions are really not as popular as you think. The world is not Reddit or Twitter, okay? It's time to get out of the good old echo chamber, just a little bit. First up, I know Bernie Sanders supporters like to paint him as a fighter for the 99%, the working class, people of all races, etc., etc. But the funny thing is, is that if you look at who Bernie's actual base is, it's white, college-educated progressives. Maybe Bernie Sanders is the savior of the poor and marginalized. I'm not saying he's not, because that's a, that's a topic for a whole other day. But if that is the case, then someone may want to go tell the poor and marginalized that, because they seem to not support him very much. As the New York Times writes, four years ago in Grant County, Oklahoma, Bernie Sanders crushed Hillary Clinton 57.1% to 31.9%. This year, Sanders didn't just lose Grant County, 87.5% white, 76.9% without college degrees to Joe Biden. His percentage of the vote fell by 41 points to 16.1%. Grant County reflects what has become a nationwide pattern in the Democratic primaries, including those held Tuesday night. Sanders' support among white working-class voters has begun to evaporate. And likewise, The Economist acknowledges that working-class whites deserted Bernie Sanders in the Midwest. Mr. Sanders lost in Michigan, where he won in 2016, by more than 15 percentage points. He also lost in Missouri and Mississippi, which he lost in 2016, and in Idaho, which he had won. Mr. Sanders' protectionist trade policies may have been particularly popular in declining post-industrial cities such as Grand Rapids and Kalamazoo. Much of that Sanders coalition from 2016, though, has not stuck around. In post-industrial Kent County, which surrounds Grand Rapids, his vote share fell by 18 points compared with 2016. In Kalamazoo County, it fell by 17 points. So what's changed between 2016 and 2020? Why did Bernie lose working-class votes that he had four years ago? Well, some people have actually posited that Bernie Sanders was never really the favorite of working-class people, and there are several different arguments that support this. For example, it's possible that working-class people just didn't like Hillary and so voted for Bernie out of necessity. But if given the choice between a moderate like Biden, who is not Hillary, then yeah, turns out they would rather not vote for a socialist. And there might be something to that, especially when you look at how many counties Bernie Sanders had in 2016, but lost to Biden in 2020. As Edison research data shows us, overwhelmingly counties that voted for Clinton in 2016 voted for Biden in 2020. There are 916 counties that Clinton won in 2016 that voted for Biden in 2020. So Bernie Sanders was not really 
successful in reaching any new voters. He actually only gained 62 counties in 2020, mostly in very progressive California. But what really hurt Bernie was middle America. There were 348 counties that voted for Sanders in 2016 that voted for Biden in 2020. There's a big difference between voting for someone and voting against someone, and it seems like quite a lot of people, especially in middle America, were only voting against Hillary Clinton rather than for Bernie Sanders. And we have a lot more to talk about, but first I want to tell you guys about Home Title Lock. It is shocking that your home can be stolen from you this easily. Deborah learned that brutal lesson the hard way when thieves found the title to her home online. Then they forged the document to make it appear like she had sold her home, but she hadn't. Then they borrowed thousands using her home's equity. Deborah didn't even know she was a victim until foreclosure notices arrived and even an eviction notice. She spent a fortune trying to get her home back. The crime is home title fraud and the FBI calls it one of the fastest growing crimes. My advice for avoiding a possible nightmare is to protect your home with home title lock. And no, neither your homeowner's insurance nor your bank protects you, but for pennies a day, home title lock does. First things first, find out if you're already a victim of home title fraud. Register your home at HomeTitleLock.com and enter the code Lauren for one month of free protection. Again, enter Lauren for one month free at HomeTitleLock.com. That's HomeTitleLock.com. I think people may have also been overestimating Sanders' support among the working class in 2016 by conflating income level with class status. And I know that sounds confusing, but as this one surprisingly insightful Vox article, of all places from 2016 notes, Bernie Sanders' base isn't the working class. It's young people. After Bernie Sanders crushed Hillary Clinton in the West Virginia primary last week, the national media was ready with an explanation. The white working class. This interpretation makes for an interesting narrative, but it's missing the real story. Sanders' victories aren't being powered by a groundswell of white working class support, but instead stem from his most reliable base since the start of the primary, young voters. Because young voters also tend to have lower incomes, the massive age gap between Sanders and Clinton's support supporters has sometimes looked to observers like a gap in economic class. But the most salient divide in the primary is not between rich and poor, it's between young and old, and between white and black. There are two main ways of trying to define the white working class, and it's useful to clearly distinguish between them. One is to say that the white working class includes every white American voter who is currently below a certain income threshold, say $30,000, or who currently lacks a college degree. But under this criteria, the white working class also includes a large group of young people and enrolled students who will soon join the middle or upper class and aren't necessarily facing any real material deprivation. Basically, some polling data defines who is and who is not white working class by looking just at income levels or whether you currently have a degree. But the problem with that is that a Harvard gender studies student, or really any full-time or part-time student, is likely to be very low in income, but they're not really working class, but they would be counted as working class if we look at nothing but income level and whether they currently have a college degree. And as the data shows, even in 2016, when you look at older low-income white voters, they weren't head over heels for Sanders. As Vox continues, if Sanders' white working class voters aren't just college students, you'd also expect him to be doing better among downscale middle-aged white voters than rich ones. But 
this turned out not to be true. Low-income white people in their 40s, 50s, 60s, and 70s did not break for Sanders. There was little difference in support by income among older voters, with higher-income older white voters actually more likely to support Sanders, according to Grossman's Michigan data. My main concern is that the image of Bernie supporting older poor people who've lost their factory jobs to trade is not supported, Grossman says. I'm least supportive of the idea that there's a population of white older workers who lost their jobs and are now supporting Sanders. There's very little evidence of that. Even back in 2016, it looks like Bernie Sanders was having trouble reaching voters who were not young people, and it looks like that in 2020, his campaign did not improve in this area at all. And not only that, but for someone who supposedly had a multiracial coalition of voters, Bernie Sanders has also historically not done too well with black voters. As CNN explains, in 2016, Clinton benefited from her husband's popularity with black voters and pulverized Sanders in South Carolina by 47 percentage points. Sanders next got crushed on Super Tuesday, losing the Southern and Southwest states of Virginia, Georgia, Alabama, Tennessee, Arkansas, and Texas. And in 2020, Sanders once again failed miserably with black voters. He got crushed again in South Carolina and then suffered a blowout loss on Super Tuesday. And Tuesday night, he suffered perhaps a fatal blow by losing the three M's, Mississippi, Missouri, and Michigan. And Sanders didn't just fail in South Carolina among African Americans. Exit polling shows that white voters favored Biden to Sanders by a margin of 33 to 23%, and that those with advanced degrees preferred Biden over Sanders 51% to 15%. So if you were under the impression that Bernie Sanders' support was some multiracial coalition of working class people, then yeah, his recent losses to Biden would seem suspicious, but with, with the knowledge that actually non-white voters never really supported him, and also it was mostly just young people who voted for him, but they didn't even bother to show up this year, then things start to make a lot more sense. And I know at this point, some of you may say, well, that low support is only because of the media bias or the DNC misinformation. If you look at the individual issues, his policies are overwhelmingly popular. Most people support his position on healthcare. Well, I'm glad you brought that up hypothetical viewer, because even though that is a very popular talking point among Bernie supporters, the data just tells a different story, as it so often does. It's true looking at the numbers that more people support Medicare for all than oppose it. But the thing is, that doesn't necessarily mean more people support specifically Bernie Sanders' vision for Medicare for all. When people say they want Medicare for all, most people just mean they would like everyone to have health insurance and for the government to fund at least some health care in some way. But there are a lot more complexities to the health care debate than just that. For example, at its core, the Bernie Sanders plan would get rid of private insurance entirely and put everyone onto a single government system. On the other hand, Biden's plan still strives for universal coverage, but it would build upon the ACA, or in other words, Obamacare, the current system. It would give people a public option for insurance that would compete against other plans, and it would expand Medicaid eligibility. And yes, there's more to both of those plans than just that, but for simplicity's sake, those are the main takeaways. And guess what? When you look at the polling, 
more people support Biden's plan than Bernie's plan. When told that a Medicare for All program would threaten the current Medicare program or eliminate private health insurance, like Bernie Sanders' plan would, most people oppose Medicare for All. Additionally, most people who support Medicare for All wrongly believe that they would be able to keep their current health insurance, which under Bernie Sanders' plan, no, they would not be able to. A whopping 67% of people who favor Medicare for All are under the misconception that they would be able to keep their health insurance. Among those who oppose Medicare for All, most do know that no, their family would not be able to keep their current health insurance. This implies that if the people who currently support Medicare for All were informed of what Medicare for All actually means, no, they wouldn't be in favor of it. Polling also shows that most Democrats prefer a candidate who would build on the ACA like Joe Biden's plan does. And overall, a system that would allow for Medicare and Medicaid buy-ins or a public option, i.e. essentially Joe Biden's plan, is just so much more popular than Medicare for All. Bernie Sanders' team has done a great job with the phrase Medicare for all because most people hear it and think, yeah, I want all people to have Medicare. But when you actually break down the policies, no, most people do not support what Bernie Sanders wants to do. And by the way, if you would like to hear more about the whole healthcare debate and polling, I recommend checking out Actual Justice Warrior's YouTube channel. He does a great job breaking down this whole thing and his videos just overall are very good. Look, I know having your candidate lose is a terrible feeling and I get why so many Bernie supporters are angry right now, but I feel like some of them, some, not all of them, are just not living in the real world. Twitter and Reddit are not real life. If Sanders supporters want future candidates to adopt his message, then they have to realize Sanders' shortcomings and that no, he was not as universally loved as they believe. And the thing is, that doesn't even necessarily mean that Bernie Sanders is wrong when it comes to his policies. I mean, I just so happen to also think that, but Obviously, democracies don't always get it right. But so many Sanders supporters walk around with the false notion that most people are on their side when they're really not. That's pretty much all I have to say though, and as always, I would love to hear what you guys think. If you were part of the Bernie Sanders campaign, what would you have done differently? And how much of a factor do you think the DNC and the media were in his campaign ultimately failing? Let me know, but that's it for now. Thank you guys so much for tuning in, and I'll see you next time.